This is the Bartender Journey Podcast. Welcome to the Bartender Journey Podcast number 89. My name is Brian Vincent Weber. Thanks so much for tuning in today. I really appreciate it. My guest today on the show is Andrew Sloss, and his book is called Homemade Liqueurs and Infused Spirits. I'm really excited about this subject because I love putting stuff like that on my back bar. You know, it's something that's got orange peels in it or whatever it is, strawberries. Like, people are like, what is that? I want to try that. I think it's such a cool thing. And, you know, as much as I love uh, some of the products, like a very expensive orange liqueur that I could mention, I won't mention it by name, but I love to drink it. But I can make my own better, cheaper, fresher it's, it's amazing. Coffee liqueur, you know, the brand we're talking about here. We can, we can make something even better and fresher and more pure. You know, it's, it, it's really fun. It's really exciting. And I think it's a great thing for a bar. It's a great thing for, uh, home, for the cocktail enthusiast. For pe- it's a great thing. The holidays are coming up. You can make stuff like this and give it as a present. It's a great gift. Before we get into that interview, uh, I just want to talk about how at the Bartender Journey podcast, we're all about bartender education. And I told you I took the Bar Smarts Advanced course recently. And uh, by the way, the last time I spoke with you, I had not received my grade yet, my score. So uh, I'm happy to report that I did pass. <laughs> so that's, I was very uh, excited and um, slightly nervous about that, but it all worked out very well. And um, that's a great resource for you guys. And, and I think you should check that out. There's another resource I'd like to talk about. It's my my new friend, Chris Tunstall, and he created an awesome online course for bartenders and cocktail enthusiasts. And if you go to my website, bartenderjourney.net, and look at the show notes for this week, you'll find a link, and I highly recommend it. Chris gets so in-depth with the very fine points of bartending. Uh, I mean... You got to check it out. There's great videos, great printed material. You get a little quiz, and uh, but it's not that hard. You can you can you get a second chance, and uh, it's it's awesome. You really need to check it out. You might remember Chris if you listen to uh, the podcast Bartender Journey podcast number eighty six. Chris was on the show, and uh, believe it or not, he does his own podcast. He and his lovely wife Julia. They talk about cocktails on their own show. It's called Mixology Talk, and you'll never guess who's going to be a show, uh, who's going to be a guest on their show um, in the very near future. I think this week. I think. Okay, it's me. So I happened to be in Orlando, Florida this past week, which uh, happened to correspond with Disney's Food and Wine Festival. So I got a chance to check that out, and uh, that was fun. You know, you go you go around and taste different things from all around the world. They have little, um, you know, tasting plates, some small bites, and uh, there's also uh, wine from all around the world, and some cocktails, not as much as you might like. But uh, there was mixology um, seminars, and there was one with Dale DeGroff. So, uh, hey, anytime Dale's there, I'm there. I'm in. And uh, he, he did an awesome demonstration about the difference between a shaken and a stirred martini. It was, you know, I talk about it all the time, but, you know, for, for the master, Dale DeGroff, to, to talk about that, it was um, quite impressive. But it's funny there, you know, here it is, the Food and Wine Festival, and cocktails are still on the back burner it's a shame because it's hard even it's hard to get a good cocktail there and uh i went all around the world and the the world pavilion they call it and uh to all these different bars trying to get a decent drink a a, uh, negroni 
very hard to find. I finally found one at the Italian uh, Pavilion, and um, she did a great job making that. I, uh, Manhattan was another one because, um, it, as we know, it should be stirred, not shaken, right? And uh, it should have a little bitters in it. It really shouldn't have that maraschino juice in it, but hey, that I'm willing to uh, let go. But <laughs> my wife was finally like, just tell them how you want it. I'm so tired of you. I, I, but I do. I like to go in there and test them and see, like, how are they going to do it? Are they gonna... So I went into this. We, we had dinner at this very, very expensive, fancy French restaurant. I ordered in Manhattan, and I could tell. It was delivered to the table. I could tell exactly what happened. It, it had, like, a head on it, like a beer. And it had little ice shards in it. And uh, it was a shame, you know. Uh, another place I went, they had a cocktail menu. The very first thing on the menu was a Manhattan, a rye Manhattan made with bullet. I was like, I'm in, you know, <laughs> and I was tempted to, you know, just not specify how I wanted it exactly. But my wife was like, just tell him you want it stirred. <laughs> so I told him and it was, it was very good. The bullet Manhattan with, uh, it was, it was stirred because I specified, I don't know what would have happened if I didn't specify. But uh, it was it was very good. But I was just dying for a Negroni, and I finally, uh, like I said, I found one at the Italian Pavilion. But nobody has um, Campari in stock. That's fine, you know, whatever. Five years ago, I didn't like Campari either. Now I can't get enough of it. All right, enough of me blabbing on. Let's get to that interview. And it's all about homemade liqueurs and infused spirits. And like I said, if you go to my website, bartenderjourney.net, I'll put a link up to uh, the book where you can find this book. And it's I recommend it. Let's get into that interview. My guest today is Andrew Sloss, the author of Homemade Liqueurs and Infused Spirits. Thanks so much for joining us. Sure. I enjoyed your book very much. Oh, good. I uh, really didn't expect to uh, get so much um, great information just about spirits in general. You know, you did a great summary of things like scotch and bourbon and just very uh, succinct uh, and to the point, you know. Glad you liked it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, just for our listeners, can you kind of uh, give us a definition of what liqueurs are? What liqueurs are? Liqueurs are liquors, which are spirits, that have sugar added to them. So that they are, um, generally they're made with a neutral spirit like vodka. Although you can take advantage of the woody flavors from uh, bourbon and scotch and any kind of whiskey um, and flavor it with some sort of aromatic. Um, it can be a spice like cinnamon. It could be fruit. It could be f- uh, flower petals. It could be uh, chili pepper. It could be horseradish. And then um, you infuse the alcohol, infuse the spirit with that uh, flavor. And then generally it's sweetened to taste. Mm-hmm. Well, I, th- I think making your own liqueurs is sort of uh, such an interest. I love having on, you know, I, I work as a bartender and a bar manager, and I love mm-hmm. to have things like that on my bar where people are like, what is that? You know, what is that in that bottle? Yeah. It's- well, and they and of all the sort of home alcohol things that you can do, whether it be winemaking or beer making or liqueur making, it's by far the easiest because it's illegal to distill stuff at home. So you're always going to be starting with some sort of commercially distilled liquor. And then it's just a matter of infusing the flavor in, which can take anywhere from, oh, an hour. Like uh, if you're doing something very volatile like ginger or um, black pepper or horseradish or something like that, that'll get into the alcohol within an hour. Or if you're doing something more subtle 
like fresh fruit, that could take several days, but um, never more than that. Right. And uh, with fresh fruit, a lot, a lot of times you're using the, uh, the peel, correct? Peels. And um, I tend to use dried fruit if I can get it. The, the thing with dried fruit is that the flavor components in that fruit are much more concentrated than they would be in the fresh fruit because fresh fruit simply has more water in it. So by drying it, you get that water out, which doesn't have any flavor. And then you can you have a, a much stronger um, flavored uh, substance to start to infuse flavor into your alcohol. So like if I was doing an apricot liqueur, I would prefer to use dried apricots because I can get richer flavor faster than I could if I was using fresh apricots. Right. So that's, yeah, those those uh, dried fruits that you see in, in the supermarket or a health food store, right? Right. Yeah. And uh, how about dried orange peel? I mean, is that something you can do yourself? Uh, sure. Although, fre- I mean, taking orange peel off of a fresh orange, that's pretty concentrated flavor already. The dried, the dried orange peel is fine, um, although I don't think it gives you faster flavor or flavor faster, excuse me, than, than a fresh orange peel would because it, you still have that concentration of oils in it. It's not like a fresh fruit that has a lot of water in it. The right. peel doesn't have a lot of water in it. So I don't, I don't think there's a great advantage in using the dried peel over the fresh peel. Oh, no? Am I, I, I must be remembering your recipe incorrectly. Yeah. Then I mean, I, probably, the, uh... I might use it somewhat if it's difficult to get. Definitely dried fruit um, more than fresh fruit. Right. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking at your um, copycat Gramonier, and you specify uh, dried bitter orange peel. Oh, that, oh, I know why that is. That's because um, bitter oranges are not really available fresh. Ah. Um, that bitter oranges are a particular kind of orange that um, in, in the States, it, it, they're not really marketed for eating. So that the only way to get that flavor is through a dried peel. Oh, okay. So yeah. that's something you could order uh, on the Internet, I suppose? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You yeah. can also get it in most, um, I would say, like a, a good a good grocery store that has a lot of um, baking ingredients in it. Okay. They would usually sell dried bitter orange peel. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'll have to look for that because, uh, yeah, making my own gramonier is something that especially interests me. You know, I, I feel like uh, it's not, I've actually experimented this, with this in the past, and I feel like what I come up with is uh, a lot more cost-effective and a lot fresher tasting even, you know? Yes. And, and I'm a big fan of Gramonier, but, you know, I think uh, it can make something really, really great and fresh and, and original, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it is. I think it is way more cost-effective than, than the big brand liqueurs, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And it's, and it's your own. That's really cool. So uh, how, do, how did you get interested in writing this particular book? Um, I've been be, I've started writing beverage books. I started out writing cookbooks, and I've moved into beverage books. And um, I like to drink, and mm-hmm. I like um, barcraft a lot. So right. this was sort of a, a natural extension. And um, I also, when I first started doing it myself, I became amazed at how easy it was. I, I originally started looking at classic recipes for liqueurs like limoncello, and a lot of the older recipes took months. They, you know, they said that you had to infuse uh, the flavors in the alcohol for weeks and months at a time. And then when I started doing it, when I tasted it after just an hour, like a limoncello that I tasted um, after an hour of infusing the lemon peel into the vodka, it tasted of lemon within an hour. Yeah. And I, and I didn't think it tasted that much more of lemon after a couple of days, Mm. um, 
what what and when I let it go for three weeks or so, as many of these recipes said, I was actually it was actually getting more bitter. Yeah. Um, and I think that what I've come to, and I don't know if this is correct, but I think that in the very old recipes, in the Renaissance recipes, in um, the 15th century recipes for liqueurs, they I think they were looking more for medicinal things. They mm. weren't looking really for things that tasted so good as mm. things that had a medicinal quality to them. And the aldehydes in lemon peel, which are the bitter elements in lemon peels, do have an antioxidant effect. They are they are they do have a medical effect to the, and I think that it was the extraction of those that was more the purpose in making liqueurs than it is today, where we're looking more, much more for flavor. And then looking for flavor, you actually get a better flavor by not going for an extended period of time. Yeah, there's definitely seems to be a, a sweet spot there where uh, mm-hmm. where it's just right, because uh, I've noticed that too. I've tried I've tried making my own limoncello and. Uh, and notice that if I forget about it for too long, it's it's kind of uh it's kind of ruined. <laughs> yeah, it you you don't get any more of the lemon flavor, and you and you simply start getting more of that sort of bitter peel flavor. Right, right. And is that why you recommend not pressing down to extract more liquid from the solids? That's more about clarity. Um, okay. That w- when you um, after when you're ready to uh, uh, t- when you're ready to strain the solid parts out of the liquor after it's a absorbed as much flavor as you want. Um, if you were to press down on it, there there are little microscopic little bits of pieces of the solids that have become suspended in the alcohol. And if you push down through a strainer, some of those are going to get forced through. So you're going to end up with a liqueur that's not as clear mm. as um, one that you don't press through. And you're not going to be getting any more flavor. Um, by pressing down, because the no. fla- once the al- once the alcohol has absorbed the flavor components of whatever you have in there that's solid, they're in there, and mm. they're you're not going to get more by pushing through any solids. It, it it's a pr- it's a pretty amazing thing the amount of flavor that the alcohol will absorb and how it will hold on to it and keep it from changing. So that once that flavor is in there. Uh, you can store these in, I would recommend in a dark place so they don't um, oxidize at all, um, I would say for a year or so. Mm-hmm. And if a strawberry liqueur, for instance, that will taste exactly of fresh strawberries will taste that way a year after you make it. Oh, that sounds delicious. <laughs> but it is uh, it is tempting to press down on that stuff because you figure, well, I'm going to yield more that way. And, and... and it will. <laughs> you, you, you will lose some. By not pressing down on it, but um, I, I guess I'm going for quali- quality yeah. over quantity here. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, yeah, that's something that I never even uh, considered. You know, you just kind of go with your instincts. All right, let's get some more, more out of this. But uh, yeah, I, I, I like that. Um, and uh, so, when when you're using, say, uh, lemon or orange or something, is it is it important to use organic uh, fruit? Um, organic uh, will. I don't think organic is as important as um, doing something that wasn't sprayed. It doesn't have to be fully organic, mm. but it, there should be. Uh, you want you want to be careful, especially if you're using peels, whether there are insecticides on used sprayed on the surface of the fruit. Um, and organic does uh, d- does guarantee that. So I, I, yeah, I, I'm going to back up and say yeah, mm. organic would would definitely. Um, help you out in that way. But if you're not using the peels so much, like if you're just using the juice, it doesn't matter that much. Mm-hmm. 
So um, most recipes will call for a very high proof uh, uh, alcohol to start with, usually mm-hmm. vodka, right? And is that uh, well, the, the high alcohol does that absorb the flavors more? Or what's the logic behind that? Yeah, the the higher the proof, the more alcohol you have in the system to absorb flavors, and it is the alcohol in the liquid that is absorbing the flavor. So you'll get a quicker extraction with higher proof alcohols. Um, you can then temper that proof if you mm-hmm. don't want them to be that high mm-hmm. with sugar syrup or just water right. um, after the extraction is uh, is done. So uh, you kind of touched on a little bit, but uh, this interest in... Uh I think resurged interest in making your own products like liqueurs uh, kind of started with the home brewing movement, wouldn't you say? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I think that this is an extension of that. And ironically, it's easier than that. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is easy and it's creative and it's fun and it's, it's, it makes a great gift. And uh, <laughs> like I said, something great to put on the back of the bar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, but I, I always find when trying to make my own limoncello, I always find that, uh, I, I get that lemon flavored vodka and I don't want to go to the next step of pouring sugar into it. So I, <laughs> I enjoy that lemon flavored vodka, you know, it's fresh, it's so much, so much different than what you would buy, you know, from, uh, one of the big brands with their flavored vodka, you know, it's, it's so fresh and delicious tasting. Yeah. What, I have a whole chapter in here in what I call infused spirits rather yeah. than liqueurs, which right. are basically unsweetened. Um, they're, they're usually vodka. Um, an, an unsweetened flavored vodka, which I think, I think are really easier to use as mixers um, in, in, when you're doing uh, when you're mixing drinks, and I I like I like them a lot too. Um, the other advantage of making your own liqueurs is you can sweeten them as much as you want. Mm-hmm. Most commercial liqueurs are very highly sweetened. Right. Um, I think partially because. It's a flavor palette that they think people want, mm-hmm. um, and also because the sugar content um, gives the liqueur a viscosity that right. um, that people like, that a good a, a mouthfeel that makes them taste richer. Yeah, I guess people expect that it's sort of in an after dinner drink, right? That that thicker liquid liquid. Yeah, there the the thickness is actually an interesting thing, um, where uh, what what that's doing is it's when you drink a thicker liquid as opposed to a thinner liquid, it moves more slowly across your palate. And mm. so you have more time to perceive flavor from it. Oh. So it tastes richer um, simply because it's thickened. And we, we have a, a word that we, uh, that we use when that flavor is missing, when the flavor is, is what we call watered down. We call it watery. And watery really is a textural or a consistency word but we use it to mean a flavor thing because we perceive that lack of thickness as a lack of flavor. Wow. Very interesting. So it seems like you're kind of into the science of, of food oh, and, and beverages as well. <laughs> you've, you've written quite a few books, haven't you? Yeah, I'm, um, I am working on now my 23rd and 24th book. Wow. What, uh, would, would, do you mind sharing what you're working on at the moment? Um, right now I'm working on a book on uh, cocktail bitters. Oh, wow. Great, yeah. That's uh, I, I've I've done shows on on bitters before. Yeah, mm-hmm. interesting. And um, so, uh, well, going back to liqueurs, does um, when you add the sugar, does that sort of um, that usually comes after the infusion? So, is that does it stop the process of, of flavoring? I mean, you're, obviously, you're straining out the solids before adding the sugar, right. but um, does does that kind of stop the process or or what? 
Not really. Um, I I found when as in doing these that I got quicker flavor extraction if I did not have the sugar in there when I did the initial extraction. Mm -hmm. It could be because the sugar was um, diluting the amount of alcohol, so it was just less strong. Um, I'm not I'm not really sure why, but so what so what I ended up doing was in common practice I would infuse the flavor into the alcohol and then add the sugar to taste. If the sugar I was using had a flavor element to it, like if it was honey or jaggery or brown sugar or uh, caramelized sugar or something like that, then I would put that sugar syrup into the initial infusion so that I got more of that flavor into the um, oh. finished alcohol. Okay. But um, if I was just using a, a plain sugar syrup made with granulated sugar, I would I, I found that I got better flavor by doing that afterwards, after it was uh, infused. Right, right. And uh, I like what you say. I'm going to quote from your book. The lightest and freshest flavors will be released early, and the heavier, more tannic flavors are released later. Yeah. So that's that's a great point, too. So uh, I guess if you're looking for something lighter, you don't want to infuse it for, for so long. Yeah, that, I mean, that goes back to what we were talking about earlier. That's yeah. why um, that the longer maceration time does not necessarily give you better flavor. Yeah, it really doesn't. And um, I think your uh, a couple of your recipes called for orange uh, zest, correct? Yes. And uh, I would tend to use um, the, for a citrus flavor. I would tend to use the zest part or the peel um, part. Um, but I mean, are, are you talking about are you talking about actually zesting it? You know, into yes. tiny pieces. Yeah. Yeah. And so that must uh, that must make it go real quick if you're if you're making it into those tiny little pieces. Well, you can, yeah, you can do it very finely or bigger pieces, which if you want to, if you want to let, let it go longer. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, just, but just using that very edge of the citrus gives you a real concentrated citrus oil flavor. Right, right. How about making your own vermouth? Is that something you're, uh, that... You can, there is, it's, it, you can do it. I did not do it in this book because... Right. They're not technically liqueurs, Um, but uh, yeah, vermouth is just wine with um, flavor system, with flavoring in it, and Mm -hmm. no sweetener, so it's more like making those infused spirits. The difference is that you you do need to go a little longer because the wine is so much lower in alcohol Mm -hmm. than the spirit would be, so it's going to absorb less. don't aren't vermouths uh, fortified? Do they have a little more? They alcohol? do, but yeah. it's still not. You're still at about seventeen yeah. percent right. alcohol, not at like forty percent. Right, right, right. Uh, okay. So, so in your new book, are you uh, you're talking about making your own bitters? Is that is yes? That what it's about? There, well, we're doing um, a field guide to the bitters that are out there, mm-hmm. which are you no know, hundreds at this point. Yeah. Um, and um, and then there's a section on. Uh, on uh, making your own bitters, and then there's a big cocktail section and a section on cooking with bitters, food that nice. uses bitters as a seasoning. Yeah, that seems like a, um, a breakout uh, market for bitters is in mm-hmm. the kitchen, don't you think? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's definitely on the forefront. But, um, yeah, well, uh, how about um, Baileys? Because that's something that's always kind of grossed me out. <laughs> what, what, I creamy creamy stuff. <laughs> I say, what? How about things like Bailey's and the creamy oh, stuff? Oh, like cream liqueurs. Yeah. Um, I agree with you. I'm not a big fan of cream liqueurs. I do have a chapter on cream liqueurs here yeah. because they're the richest of the liqueurs. Mm-hmm. Um, they, the one when you make them from scratch, when you make them yourself, they're not quite as um, 
I don't know, sort of artificial tasting yeah. as the commercial ones. The the thing with cream liqueurs is they have dairy products in them, right. so they're much more um, perishable yeah. than than uh, than a liqueur that doesn't have a dairy product in it. And because of that, um, they they also they also because the dairy products have fat in them, they have a tendency to separate. Mm-hmm. So they need to have a good amount of emulsifier in them to keep the cream element in it in suspension. So there's a lot of sort of um, uh, sort of a, a, a more intense processing that happens in cream liqueurs than would happen in a regular liqueur that I think makes them taste more artificial right. um, when they're commercial. Okay. So in the ones that you make um, at home, the one you, that you make yourself, um, you tend to not have all those emulsifiers and that kind of stuff in there. So they need to be refrigerated um, um, once they are made. So through throughout the flavoring process and then also through the storage process, they have a shorter shelf life, which is about a month to two months mm-hmm. at the most mm-hmm. under refrigeration. And, and they will separate in the refrigerator, so you need to shake them up okay. um, before you serve them. But with all that said... They are going to give you a more natural, um, more like a milkshakey kind mm-hmm. of flavor than that, than the sort of chemical um, flavor that a lot of the commercial ones have. Yeah, well, I always, uh, I'm always suspect of those uh, in a bar where, where Bailey's or one of those cream liqueurs. You know, it's like, is it supposed to be refrigerated? Is it not? Either way, it's uh, you know, right. How long has it been in the refrigerator? Even if they I mean, keep it in there, there's usually enough alcohol in it that it's not going to. You're not going to get a lot of bacterial growth in it, but it just it just tastes bad if yeah. it, if it would if it would spoil. Although I don't, I think those the commercial ones are pretty stabilized. I don't. Yeah. They have a long shelf life. Yeah, sort of like the uh, the little creamers in the in the yeah. small uh, <laughs> small little creamers. Uh, so uh, just one more question: the um, Can you give us a definition of tincturing? Which I'm probably even oh, tincturing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, tincturing is a, it's actually a process from perfuming, um, where you, you take a solid substance and you put it in some sort of vehicle like alcohol and the alcohol will absorb whatever's volatile in that solid substance. So it's, um, it, it, it's what you're doing in the initial steps of liqueur making, which is exactly the same as what you're doing in the initial steps of making a perfume. Okay. So, yeah, I, have, I always thought of that as something that's similar to bitters, but even more concentrated. But Yeah, bit, I mean, all bitters, to make a bitters is exactly the same thing as making a liqueur. The only difference is the concentration. So bitters are extracts, basically. They're, they're concentrates, and they're not beverages. Right. These are very much the same thing, except that they are potable, um, where a beverage is, uh, where a bitters is considered more of a, a flavoring agent. Yeah. Well, yeah, I tried making my own bitters once and it was hard and it didn't come out good and I never tried it again. <laughs> yeah, there, the bitters is a different thing. And I think it's because you're working with bittering agents, which are uh, a little bit um, tricky to work with um, in that you, if you get too much, they're they're quite distasteful, and if mm-hmm. you don't get enough, then they're not really bitters. Yeah. Um, and so, 
And and the other thing, if you're really working on there, if you're working on a, a sort of classic aromatic kind of bitters, mm-hmm. those formulas like for Angostura and Peixos and Bokers and Abbotts are very complex yeah. formulas. They you know they have 50, 60 ingredients in them. Yeah. Where um, the the more modern bitters. Um, they're like celery bitters, orange bitters, chocolate bitters. They're a little bit more like a flavor extract, a little more one-dimensional. Mm. And they're a little easier to make because of that. Right. And 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 also, if you're trying to simulate something like Angostura, I mean, it's a, you'll never do it. No. And you'll always be disappointed. And you know exactly what that Angostura tastes like, you know. Yeah, so and, it, and it, is an available, it is available to you, so you don't right. need to do it yourself. Right, 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 right. I always think that with people who are trying to um, find the formula for Coca-Cola where, you know, <laughs> Coca-Cola is pretty available. Right. <laughs> That's great. Well, I thank you so much for your time and for uh, joining us today. And sure. I really enjoy the book. And uh, I, I will continue to – I've got to experiment with some of this stuff because I'm really uh, fascinated with this subject. Great. Thank you so much. Good talking to you. All right. That was a great interview, and I can't wait to uh, try out some of these recipes. I've, I've experimented with some of the stuff in the past, but um, these are really solid recipes, and uh, I can't wait to try it. You know, you know what's interesting? Pear. I want to try that. Poached pear. I love pear. I, when I was a kid, I used to love to drink that syrupy stuff that came with the canned pears. Mmm. Yum. Maybe I can make something like that. He has a pear recipe in here. Pear liqueur. I want to try that. I want to try the um, Grand Marnier uh, replacement. I want to try the triple sec replacement recipe, and uh, I want to try a whole bunch of stuff. Anyway, I will do that and uh, report back to you as soon as I can. Uh, I think I've mentioned in the past I'm working this job that takes up a lot of my time, so uh, we're going to call this an every other week podcast for now, and uh, hopefully I'll have time to uh, do more than that. But uh, And if I do, that's the bonus episodes. But for now, uh, it's going to be every other week. And uh, I can't wait to talk to you in two weeks. Find me on Twitter at Barkeep Tips. The Facebook page, a lot of traction on the Facebook page. It's uh, Bartender Journey. Just search for Bartender Journey. And um, what else? My email address is vince.bartender at gmail.com. I'm Brian Vincent Weber, and I appreciate you listening. And hey, if you're on iTunes, do me a favor, go to iTunes and um, give us a review on the Bartender Journey page. You can go there and uh, give us five. You can give us as many stars as you like. Five is the most. And I encourage you to give, uh, to be generous and give as many stars, maybe five. Don't forget about our website, bartenderjourney.net. Hey, thanks again for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Cheers. <laughs>